Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. If you are a guest with us today, my name is Mark Warren, one of the pastors here at Grace Capital Church. It is a privilege to, um, to serve you this morning and to give you this message. Today, we're going to continue on in the book of Proverbs. This is week three. Today, we get to talk about the five wise lessons, the five wise lessons found in the book of Proverbs that deal with money. Five wise money uh, lessons from the book of Proverbs. I'm actually going to take um, the handheld mic, if that's okay. Can somebody just grab that for me? It's perfect. Great. Well, um, by the way, uh, if you'll notice who is serving us today, we have our uh, young people. This is the fifth Sunday of the month, and our teenagers serve you. So you saw uh, young people greeting. You saw young people in the cafe. You saw our youth uh, ushering today. So can you give them a big round of applause? We're so, so proud of our young people. They are the future um, of this nation, their future of the church, and uh, we just love to see them uh, learn the heart of serving one another. Well, money. So sometimes this topic can, can be a little bit um, touchy in church, and uh, that's why some of you this morning, when you saw it being posted, this is what we're talking about, they go, like, should I go to the beach or should I go to church? And some of you went to the beach, but you'll listen to this message later. So um, don't worry, it is only going to prosper you, this message. It is not going to uh, make you squirm too badly. So let's talk about money for a second. Um, but before we do, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs. That's where we're going to be today. And there's going to be some flipping back and forth. If you have a notepad um, or your phone, please take a moment and open that up. We're going to, you're going to want to jot down these scriptures as references. Also, for me, I don't mind marking in my Bible. Some people might feel strange about that. But um, uh, if you will, um, if you don't mind marking your Bible, when we give you the verse, underline it. You, give you a chance to go back there and uh, know what that's all about. So, money. Um, where do you get your learning about money from? H- how do you understand how to handle money? How do you understand how to spend money, how to save money? Um, some of you will save Dave Ramsey. We are a uh, big Dave Ramsey church, and all who Dave, who Dave Ramsey is is a guy who's looked at biblical principles about money, and he's put it together that we can learn from that. But I would say for most of us who have grown up in the Western world, we get our understanding of how to spend money and how to use money mostly by the people who want to take our money, right? The advertisers, the banks. They want us to be able to um, buy it now, and so we can look and feel great. Why do you need to wait to save up for something when you can actually go to the bank and get a loan and pay the bank a lot of interest over the years? You can have instantaneous gratification, and our world is really designed for that. You don't have to wait for much. And so if that's where our learning comes, the challenge is is that's a world system, and it's not really the way that it has been designed for us to thrive. 
Because if we follow that system, most of us will either find ourselves broke or in bondage. There's a scripture that says that the borrower is a slave to the lender. The borrower is a slave to the lender. That's in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom. So what does that mean? Should I never borrow? Well, take Dave Ramsey. Tell, he'll tell you what he thinks about borrowing. I, I have a, a mortgage on my house. And so it's not like you can't borrow. But I have to say that, guess what? Every month, I better make my payment. If not, somebody eventually is going to come and take my house away. So do you think I'm in a little bit of bondage to the person that I have borrowed money from? Yes. So it's important to look at if, if the world system is going to potentially want to have us broke or have us in bondage, then we need to look at a different system. And we have to look at the original designer, and that's God. He created this world. He created all the systems in it. And so it would be important to look at the Bible and what God says about money. Now, we know that the book of Proverbs was, most of it was written by the wisest man alive at the time when he asked, um, God says, you can ask for anything you want. He was a king of, uh, of Israel. And he says, you know, I'm asking for wisdom. And he says, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you all these other things as well. And so God has given him supernatural wisdom. So the things that we learn today yes, are from Solomon and other writers in the book of Proverbs, but they really are expressing the nature and the heart of God. First and foremost, we need to start at the beginning, which is this, that our hearts, this is why I love that this church loves to worship, and thank you so much, worship team. You can give them a big hand, too. By the way, how many people were here for the night of worship? Uh, Oh, my word, was that spectacular? I'm still exhausted from that night. I was, like, bouncing up and down, and this was so fun. But the very first thing that we need to, to focus on is understanding where the right position that money needs to be placed in our lives. First and foremost, the... The highest place in our life, li- life is our relationship with God, with Jesus, right? So we have to put that, then money comes underneath that at some point. It goes really God, family, and money st- gets stuck somewhere down there. But we need to, impor- we need to, be, uh, to have some understanding of where do we place money. All right, so we're going to be talking about these five wise money lessons. And if the world is going to leave us broke or in bondage, then we need to say, what does the Bible say about money? Number one, riches or poverty, both extremes can be bad. Let's turn to Proverbs, verse 30. Both extremes can be bad. It says this. Give me neither poverty nor riches... Feed me with the food that is needed for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So a couple of things we need to learn here. If you want to write down this, riches or poverty, both extremes can be bad. 
So, so what we need to understand is extreme wealth can actually take our hearts away from God. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with wealth. But you have to watch it because it can attach to your heart and it can pull you away from God being the most important thing in your life. Number two, poverty. Some people say, well, I'm just going to be poor. Well, you can try that, but at some point in time, you do need to eat. And at some point in time, you, you probably need a shelter, which means you probably need to make some money. And if you're too poor, the Bible says, then you'll start doing things that are not righteous to look after yourself. Some, some people might say, well, this is the case for the middle class, right? Neither too rich nor too poor. But I would say this, and, and some of you are saying, well, I'm not too rich. Well, can I tell you what? That you are probably one of the richest people on the earth here. Most of the earth uh, lives on $2 a day. They actually say 50% of Americans are considered of high income earners. 50% of you would be considered a high income earner compared to the globe. If you make more than $50 a day, you're considered an extreme high earner, according to the globe. So if you're a global middle of the class, you make $10 a day. But a good majority of the people live on $2 a day. So don't tell me that you're not too rich. You're very wealthy. But the same token, you need to then say, how do I steward this wealth? So riches or poverty, both extremes can be bad. All right, number two. I love this one. I love this one. Giving to the poor is lending to God. Giving to the poor is lending to God. Let's look at that for a moment. Proverbs 19, verse 17. Turn there with me. Let's hear those rustling pages. Proverbs or the flip of your phones. I know a lot of you guys are like going into those technologies. There's something for me about this a physical Bible, though. But although I, you know, I was at a meeting not too long ago. They said, turn with me in your Bibles, like I do to you. I didn't have my Bible. I had my phone. I was like, I am a biggest hypocrite out there. Here I'm trying to get people to bring their Bibles, and I didn't even show up with mine. All right. Proverbs 19, verse 17 says this. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Who will repay you for your deed? Who are you indebted to? Man, if there's anybody I want to be indebted to, it's God, really? Absolutely, because he says he will repay you. When you're generous with the poor... It is like you're lending to God. Let's look at another verse real quick. Uh, 1431, chapter 14, verse 31. Says this. Now, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. So the same way, you, you want your prayers hindered, you want um, to have God oppose you, be stingy to pour around you. And you say, well, we don't live in these impoverished parts of the world. 
all you need to do is walk around your community and you'll see that there are poor in our own communities. But we need to have the eyes to see and the spiritual ears to hear and the heart of God to, to be aware. It's going to take some effort on your part to actually do something about the needs in our community. That's why I love in our mission statement that we really, um, we really care about seeing our communities transformed. And a lot of that is looking at the needs of the, those who have less than us and come alongside. I had a privilege earlier this week to, um, to represent you, Grace Capital Church, by going to Sycamore Community Gardens to see the impact that you've had by getting a porta potty for a garden. And you'll see why this is, ties into this aspect of giving to the poor, is lending to the Lord. Watch this. Here I am with John and Ruth, uh, who are board members from the Sycamore Community Gardens. Sycamore Community Gardens, and it's wonderful. You're, you're going to see some pictures, or you can see the gardens behind us, and it really serves the community. Anybody can do it, but we're finding it really serves our new American population. And so, there's. Tell me a little bit about the people groups that are here. Well, we have a lot of Bhutanese refugees, and um, they've. They really love being in the garden. And we also have a large number of Africans from Central Africa, Rwanda, Burundi, Somalia, um, Sudan, and Congo. And uh, all of them find that this is a touch of home for them to be yeah. able to be outside and to be able to socialize with yeah. their own community and between communities, which was one of the, the uh, prime goals besides food security for them. Been very successful. It's wonderful. So, John, uh, we're actually neighbors. So, right. this is how I was introduced to this project. Um, but you said there was there's one project that we, as Grace Capital Church, could be a part of. Tell us a little bit about why you chose that need um, with that porta potty. Well, um, as you can see, we're sort of out in the middle of nowhere, and the nearest uh, porta potty is a quarter of a mile in one direction. So, if anybody needed to use the porta potty. Uh, it's a half a mile round trip. And some of the gardeners were sort of complaining about that and also the fact that it's over at the sports field at NHTI where they have a lot of teams playing and the porta potty tends to be not so well maintained and uh, a number of the gardeners have uh, children so that makes it a little more difficult and also some are uh, older and a half mile round trip is a little discouraging. So uh, they and we uh, thought that it might be helpful to have a porta potty. Yeah, that's, that's Mark funny. and I got in a conversation, <laughs> and Mark says, gee, what can we do to help? And I said, you know, Porta Potty would be really helpful. That's great. And as you know, Grace Capital Church, that, that really is our heart. Part of our mission statement is to see our transformation of our communities and what greater way than to take have an opportunity for our refugees, our First Americans and others, and to partner to say, hey, let's, let's be welcoming in our communities. Let's serve one another. And so... What a great privilege to be able to partner with you, and thank you for your investment mm -hmm. um, in this project. And thank you, Grace Capital Church, for 
your opportunity to make a difference um, in this little way. Yes. And on behalf of the board um, of the community sycamore gardens, that the sycamore community gardens, we are so grateful that, for your interest and and for this gift that has made a lot of difference to our gardeners. Thanks. Why don't you give yourselves a big hand, church? Many of those people come to this uh, nation with a suitcase and to be able to grow their own food and to be in a place. Who would think that that's in Concord, New Hampshire? It looks like you're in a foreign land, doesn't it? Um, A real opportunity. I I just give you that as an example because uh, when we start up our life groups again, our small groups, we're going to give you, the people of Grace Capital Church, an opportunity to do things like that. So I got to represent you, but what we hope is that as you start seeing the needs in your community, that there is going to be a fund that you guys can write a little micro grants um, to receive um, finances, up to $500 around there, to be able to do projects in the community to be generous with the poor, and you'll be lending to the Lord. And you can see that how God then starts to multiply in your life and through the life of the church. Does that sound good? Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, the the other thing I wanted to let you know that, um, so first, riches or poverty, both extremes can be bad. Give to the poor is lending to God. Number three, you can't trust your bank account. You can't. For some reason, have you ever seen dollar bills that have wings? Why is it that it seems like sometimes our finances float away? Well, let's look at a scripture real quick. Proverbs eleven twenty-eight. Proverbs eleven twenty-eight says this. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. Can everybody say fall? Whoever trusts in their riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. The reality is that our finances, what is in our bank account, what's in our retirement accounts, they're good. But don't put your trust in that. Our trust should be in the Lord. You know, there's a scripture that says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, uh, let's be content with what God has given us and and let let us not put our trust in our finances. By the way, godliness with contentment is great gain. You can write this down, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. Let's turn over to uh, Proverbs 13, verse 8. The ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but a poor man hears no threat. The ransom. What does that mean? It means the way we started it. Sometimes our finances can actually hold us hostage. They can own you. They can control you. And here in the book of Proverbs, we're trying to understand that as we are generous as we give to the poor, as we're not chasing after great riches, but we're also not lazy and becoming poor, but we're saying, I'm going to trust in the Lord, 
and I'm going to be good stewards of the resources he's given me, but I'm not relying on my bank account. All right, seems kind of practical, but these are good reminders for us. This is a very, very practical message. This is not deep theological stuff. The book of Proverbs is really about life lessons, but applied will allow your life to prosper. But applied. <laughs> See, you can, you can say, oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, I knew that. But if you never do anything about it, then um, you won't have the privilege and the benefit of the kingdom of God biblical principles. Okay, here we go. Number four, generosity with God and others brings an increase. Anybody want to increase? What? The rest of you don't want to increase? Hello? I know, you're already rich. You're a little nervous about the first one, about if you're too rich, then that's not good either. That's why you're saying you don't want an increase, right? But for the, mo- <laughs> but for the most part, the reality is an increase wouldn't be so bad. Here's the interesting thing. As God gives you more, our generosity should get more. Right? So our generosity should increase. So let's look at a verse here. These are some great verses. Proverbs 3. Flip over there. Proverbs 3. 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Now, that's an agricultural statement. But basically today, how do we get Um, paid. We get paid with actually dollars, most of us. We don't go through exchange fruits and vegetables from our gardens to get paid. So your first fruits is what your increase is. And that's why we talk about tithing at Grace Capital Church. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Can you say plenty? Wow, seriously? And your vats will be bursting with wine. Generosity with God and others brings an an increase. Let's turn over to chapter 11, verse 24 as well. 11.24 One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another one withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. Guys, it's just the way it works. These are kingdom of God principles. If you want increase in your life, be generous. You see a need, meet a need. I got a great story. Um, my son, my, th- my third born, my youngest, who's 10 years old, um, he was just having a great day, and he was, uh, he was just in a chipper mood. And he goes, Dad, remember that day? Oh, we had just gone for a four-wheel ride. And he goes, Dad, remember that, that day that I gave um, my, 
my tithe money to Jesus? I said, yeah. I said, what we do for our kids is we teach them. We have three little jars. Whenever they get paid anything, they just divvy everything up. One third, one third, one third. So make it really easy. We pay them $1 bills, and then they just And it goes, Elliot, save Jesus. So Elliot, you can spend whatever you want. We've got to teach them saving. Okay, save, and then Jesus. So they're getting a third. So they're tithing 33%. I haven't told them that yet, but (laughs) (laughs) I want them to be blessed. I want my kids to be blessed. But this is the interesting thing. He, He understood it. He goes, Dad, remember that day I gave $27 to Jesus? And first of all, I love that he says it's to Jesus, not to his church. He's giving it to Jesus. I said, yeah. He goes, do you know what? The, the, next, the next week, my pop-up gave me his four-wheeler. I said, Whew, you're right. He goes, Dad, see, it works. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> you know, the idea was he understood that God will bless him. As he puts the Lord first in his giving. A 10-year-old who understands that concept. So we're generous with the Lord first and foremost, and then we're generous with others around us. And then let me just tell you the um, the last lesson. Number five of the wise money lessons from the book of Proverbs. Get rich slowly. I know those who love to play the lottery. I'm going to get my windfall. Or like me back in the day where I was in real estate, it's like, man, if I just keep flipping properties, if I develop more, I got to borrow more. Can I tell you, I, was, I had $1.2 million worth of debt. And when the economy started turning on us and I was sitting on spec houses and unfinished housing development, that $12,000 a month was a big payment that came around every month. Talking about being a slave to the lender. Now, guess what? I was able to build a net worth very rapidly by doing that. But you know what? It also entrapped me. Proverbs 13.11. Proverbs 13.11 says this. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. There is something about working hard, saving, working hard, saving, deferring your gratification. I want to be gratified so instantly, but no, save. There's something about our Western culture that makes us want it to have it now. We want it now. The advertisers tell us that we can, <laughs> and we deserve it. If we're truly going to be happy, we need it now. The banks will tell us the interest rates are going up. Now's your time. Go buy now. Quick, 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 quick. But... When you look at God's word and his principles. All right, let's look at one more. Proverbs 28, verse 20. 
the worship team wants to join me up here. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Can I tell you what that punishment is? It's not God's punishment. It's just the reality of you're just going to make bad decisions. And you're going to pay the consequences of those bad decisions. Put God first above all things. Be generous with the poor, the needy. As a church, that's why we want to give the money back to you to be generous. You're tithing already. You're already being generous. Now, there's tithes and offerings. Not going to get in that topic, but... We want to give the money back to you and your groups to say, how do we serve those needs in our community? Give of your first fruits. Be generous with Jesus, with God. I love what uh, Mike said, one of our council guys. We, we just want to steward the resources really well, but we realize that you're giving to the Lord. And if you entrusted leaders to steward those resources, to build the kingdom of God, to see kids like Enoch who invites five friends and they all come to Jesus, to see your heart to say a simple porta potty shows that our first Americans are loved and that there's somebody in the community who really cares about them. But the needs are so great. And when we begin to start living our life using our money the way that God wants us to use it, the way it's been designed, the way the master architect, and we stop listening to the advertisers and stop listening to what the world is saying, what awaits you is a prosperous life filled with overflowing, filled with more than enough. So why? So you can be more generous. So our communities can be transformed. So as we give in the name of Jesus, they said, wow, is that what it means to be a follower of Jesus? That hearts pour out to meet the needs of others? Yeah, that's what it means. Five wise money lessons from the book of Proverbs. Put them to the test and realize that you will not come up short. But your vats of wine will be overflowing if you come to my house. Father, we thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you so much for challenging us in this way. To put you first in all things. That we begin to handle our resources according to your kingdom and not according to this world that will leave us empty and with lack, that will leave us 
in bondage. But Jesus, as we begin to do it according to your way, your kingdom way, that would realize that there's prosperity, there's abundance, and there's joy. Father, I'm mindful that today there might be some who are here that are here and they don't have a relationship with you yet, Lord, and I don't want them to miss out this opportunity to get to know you today. If you're here today, while everybody's eyes are closed, if you'd say, I'd like to know this Jesus. I would like to know what it is to live for him. Maybe just slip up your hand so I can acknowledge you, and then you just slip it back down. I'll just pray for you this morning. Anybody here would like to know Jesus for the first time? Anybody here who say, you know what, I've struggled the last little bit and I kind of really need to recommit my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? Recommit your life to Jesus. Anybody here? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So Father, for those who say they want to recommit their life, you know their hearts, you see every little aspect of what's been going on in their life. But that acknowledgement shows that, Father, they want to have a right relationship with you. And today, they say, I'm back. Give them the courage to take the right steps necessary to deepen their relationship with you. Father, I thank you, thank you, thank you for this body, this church, these people who are so passionate for you, who are so committed to follow you that they realize that these doors are open to their friends and to their family members who might not know you and they're willing to share you. They just don't keep it on their own, keep keep you to themselves, but they want to share you with this world. Father, I just pray right now that you would continue to make this a place where your spirit where your spirit resides, a place that hearts are healed, fresh vision is seen, a place of healing and restoration, a place that we get built up so we can go back out and transform our workplaces and our communities and our families would be forever changed because we have met with you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. You have an opportunity as well at the end of service after we sing this last song. Our prayer team will be up here. Um, prayer team, if you can just make your way up towards the end of the song, just so people can identify who's there to pray for them. We want to pray for you. We do have a little special frozen treat for you as well. We have Freezy Pops for you today. And uh, we just want to say thank you for being here. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.